Grizzly, I'm buying your lunch. Laughing, because, you know, you've just created this really awkward but cool but godly situation, you know. It's really fun. So I'd encourage you, even today, if you're going out to lunch somewhere, just offer to buy somebody's lunch. Or, like we've talked about a bunch of times, you know, tip outrageously. Like tip 50% or 75% or 100%. And it just really freaks out the, with wait staff. And uh, we've told you some of those stories where we've done that before. It's really great. But generosity just feels good for everyone. How many of you uh, this morning received generosity this week? Just raise your hand. You received some generosity from either a God thing or a people thing. All right, go ahead. Now, how many of you gave a generosity? In other words, you were the one that did the generous to someone else, right? Uh, look, seriously, put your hand up. Just look around, man. Look around, everybody. Like, like this, I think we're on the right track as a church. If we, you know, like every church does some things really well, and other churches do other things. I think this is a church that does generosity pretty well, right? And I don't mean just money, right? How many of you know generosity just isn't just about money? You know, uh, uh, the Bible talks about generosity and different things, and, and you've heard maybe the phrase, a generous soul, like within you, there's generosity, right? I don't mean just doing generous because you're supposed to, but this idea of being generous like from within, right? Something that just kind of bubbles out of us. How many of you think that would be a good goal for us to have just bubbling up generosity, freaking people out, and then just making people laugh and smile and you probably the most, right? The whole thing. So this morning, I just want to start off with a couple of uh, generosity testimonies from some people. Um, Just to kind of keep you up to speed, we've been going through these 13 core values of the kingdom, kingdom culture, and we have landed on on number 12 over here, all the way in the end. We are generous like our Father. We are generous like our Father. And we're going to talk a little bit about the Father here in a second, but um, Ollie, why don't you come, we'll let you go first. Ollie has a generosity story that he wants to focus on. All right. Hey, how are you guys? Um, it's not a personal story, but I was there to witness that uh, story. So it was a couple of years ago when with Marcel, we were a student at uh, Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry. They had a conference, and a missionary was sharing uh, his journey. I think he was a missionary somewhere in Africa or something like this. But um, for some reason, the uh, the pastor just went on stage and decided to pray for him. So nothing crazy till that point. Hey. <laughs> uh, ooh. Um, so nothing crazy and a random guy. I mean, we were like a thousand people in the room and a guy just stood up from his chair, walked up to the stage and put like, let's say a dollar bill and walked back to his chair. And everybody was like, why did this guy do that. And after being on his chair, took another dollar, walked all the way in front, put another dollar on, on, on the stage. And like, everybody was looking at him like, there's a security, he's just going to grab him and take him out. Like he's, that guy's a little weird. He did it a third time. So he put $3 on the stage and within a minute, everybody just followed that guy and put money on the stage without anyone asking or anything. And there was so much money at the end. They had like, I think it was like seven or eight buckets from here to here, that wide, full of cash for that missionary without anyone asking for anything. 
So you giving a dollar might seem stupid, ridiculous, like, oh my gosh, I'm weird. But you can start something amazing. So just wanted to share that with you guys. You can start something with very small that has a huge impact. There you go. That's great. Actually, I actually saw a video of that, that what he's talking about. I, saw, I watched that video, and it was so cool because it was a, have you ever heard of a, a grassroots thing, you know, that just kind of happens, you know? And it was one of those deals, man. Pretty soon, there's just cash laying there. I thought, man, that is so awesome. In fact, it's happened, if I remember right, this has happened several times at Bethel, right? Uh, I know we were at a pastor's thing one time, and a, another missionary situation was the same thing. People just came up and started putting money. And I'm thinking, that's, that's pretty fun. It's really good. Um, where do we, uh, Barb, you had one as well this morning. You want to come and share that? <laughs> I can come there. That's fine. Hi. Um, we talked about this in Foundations this morning, and I shared this story that back in 1995, when Chris was diagnosed with cancer, and we were having a really tough year, that summer is when it was really, really hot and people were dying in Chicago because it was so hot that year. We didn't have air conditioning in our house and um, at that time we just couldn't justify spending the money on it with all the other bills coming in. And uh, one day a neighbor called me and said, Larry's on his way over, he wants to check your furnace. And he was the father of one of the little boys who was in my Cub Scout group. And it turned out he was either part owner or owner of Kern Heating at the time and our neighborhood had gone together. One person had organized it and bought a central air for our house. So it was very, very generous, and uh, it was just a big blessing for us. That's awesome. That's awesome. Anybody else have one real quick? Just burning on your heart to get out? Anybody? All right. We... Um, <laughs> We have been the recipients, the Abbots have been the recipients and the givers of, of, of generosity. And uh, one of the reasons that we as Christians find it easy, here's what I would say. The closer that I get to Christ, the less I hold on to stuff. Does that make sense? Like, the, the farther I am in my life, the different times, the farther I've been away from Christ, the less I want to tithe. <laughs> the less I want to give or be prone to give to someone else. But the closer I get to Christ and the more I'm saying, Jesus, I want to be like you. And, you know, all of a sudden, my stuff gets lighter. <laughs> my money gets lighter. You know, like sometimes Jody and I have this thing in our family. Like she tends to be an overgiver, <laughs> what I call her an overgiver. But usually the overgiver is the right one. Amen? The one who's, you know, because how many of you know, no matter how much stuff you give away, there's always more stuff, right? No matter how much money I give away. I mean, I know, like, we've, Mike and, and Sandy have shared a little bit about some of their giving and their tithing and coming into that stuff. And, and uh, I, I would say this, and I don't know your finances, like, I don't, I'm not in your checkbook, but I don't think there's any lack in your life. There's no loss. In fact, God keeps giving us more, right? There's this sense, I mean, you guys would say amen to that, wouldn't you? And so many others, if you, the more we give... And again, I am talking about tithes and offerings, but I'm not limited by tithes and offerings. Because how many of you know that we can give money to the church and still not have a generous heart? Right? 
So sometimes we can give out of obligation or because the preachers, you know. But when the, 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 the Bible says in Corinthians, Paul is writing to the church and he says, what, God loves a cheerful giver. You want to get to be a cheerful giver? Just get close to Jesus. You'll, you'll tend to want to give stuff away and it'll be generous. It'll be big, right? So there's a bunch of verses I want to go through today, but let's start with, this is the, uh, the, the core statement for the day. Um, God is, oh, are we there? God is extravagantly generous. We got that slide? There it is. Can we just read this out loud together? God is extravagantly generous, and our generosity is a response and reflection of him. He is a good father who gives good gifts to his children. And then I added this on the bottom there. When you accept Christ as Lord and Savior, you are his sons and daughters. See, sometimes people come to Christ and they, they come with so much baggage and they feel like they have, you know, they kind of crawl into the kingdom, if you will, right? But no, the minute you turn your life over to Christ and he becomes your Lord and Savior, guess what? You're an heir. You're a prince. You're a princess. You, you are actually a son and daughter of the king. And the cool thing about this journey, and here's what I want us to kind of do over the next couple of weeks, is so many Christians and so many people think they have this mentality that God is stingy. In other words, he can do all this stuff, he just doesn't want to. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And sometimes, you know, there's the situations of our life can look a little like we're in lack. But how many of you know that the mindset and the way I think about a situation determines the reality? In other words, if, if, I'm, if I'm a whiner and a complainer, guess what? I just have shut myself off from the blessings of God. Whereas if I'm thankful and if I'm joyful, and how many of you know that if you look for the good in a situation, you will find it? Is that, you get an amen out of that one? But if you look for the negative, guess what? Same thing. You'll find it. And so with a generous God, we look at things and we say, all right, this is what the truth of God's word says. All right, so let's just run through a couple of, of verses. Psalms 103, verse 1 through 5. And I'm going to do several different versions just because um, I like the variety. But whatever, scripture, whatever Bible you use on your Bible or in your paper, I encourage you to go there. Um, and... And read these during the week, all right? But we'll start with uh, Psalms 103 and the New American Standard says this. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Where's your soul? It's it's your essence. It's really the, the deep parts of us, right? Bless the Lord from deep within me. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And what? Forget none of his benefits. If you think you're in a rough spot, I want you to begin to thank God for as many things as you possibly can, right? <laughs> so this week, uh, my dad caught, got shingles, and some of you know about shingles, and you know I didn't really know much about it, but my dad has been in agony for like a week now. I mean, like writhing in agony. And so he actually went to the hospital. We've been up to the hospital and all that. And then some other things happened in our lives. I won't get into all that, but just some not so fun things happened in my life. And then on, 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 uh, on Wednesday, 
we took the kids in for a physical, and that was a blessing, and I'll get to that in a second. And then they said, my daughter, who's been, Susie, who's been having a, a, a leg issue, she's been limping around for three months maybe now, and we kind of were thinking, is it is growing pains or whatever? We weren't really sure what to do with it. Anyway, long story short, we end up down at the Shriners Children's Hospital in Chicago, and apparently she's got a hip socket thing that uh, is like, it's, it's not good. It's kind of broken. It's kind of shifted. And they immediately wanted to put a pin in it, a screw in it, to connect the bone to the hip thing, right? So I'm like, oh. So how many of you know that when you start, if something starts to, like, feel like you're having a hard week, and then it gets harder, and then more stuff happens, you know? And I remember I was driving home from that whole thing, and, of course, uh, it would be easy Oh, my dad is sick. Oh, in the hospital. No, the church has this, and this thing happened, and now Susie's got to have a surgery. And, uh, how many of you know it would be easy to fall into this woe is me kind of situation? But you know what I did? I really felt like Holy Spirit quickened me on this. And, and again, I've been around this mountain a few times, so I know to get off the woe is me train and get on the, hey, how awesome is God train, <laughs> right? And choo-choo, and off I go. So I started thanking him for as many things as I possibly could. And uh, we, we don't have regular insurance. The Abbots don't have regular insurance. We have this uh, Christian Samaritan cope, uh, what do we call it? A share thing or whatever. So it's not a regular insurance. So the kids needed physicals and they needed shots. And so Ronald McDonald rolled up to the middle school <laughs> in this big medical truck thing that they do. And we were the first four in line. And we got free shots, free physicals for all four kids. Boom. How many think that's pretty awesome? <laughs> right? Then at that physical, they said about Susie, they said, Susie really needs to go down and get this looked at. And Jody and I are going, um, that sounds like $10,000 without even blinking. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But she says, no, go to the Shriners. I'll send them. I'll, I'll, let, I'll hook them up with you, blah, blah, blah. We go down there. The doctor, they look at her. They do x-rays. They do all the checkup. They're going to do this surgery. And guess how much? Zip. Not one penny is it going to cost the app. They're going to do the whole surgery. They're going to cover everything. And they, they gave her crutches and the whole nine yards. So I'm sitting here going, okay, I could be woe with me, but I'm just going, I just got free physicals and I got a free doctor thing and the surgery is going to be paid for, you know. Like, like, and, when, and then, you, you know this, when you start to thank and look for things to be thankful for, doesn't it start to steamroll a little bit? Oh, yeah, I forgot. My car's working fine too. Oh, yeah, I got... I got a dog that loves me. <laughs> you know, I got, I got basically healthy kids, and we have a house, a roof over our head, and we've got enough food to eat. And You know what I'm saying? Like, it just starts to steamroll. And I would encourage you, when it comes to this generosity thing, the, the Word of God says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of His benefits. Like, we're actually sanctioned. We're actually called to be people that purposely remember the benefits of having a life in Christ. Folks, I'm telling you, there is so much power in this. So much power. And the, and the declarations of our tongue, and, and I would say this, the agreement with a generous father. Agree with the generous father. Some of you are new, and some of you have heard this story before, but when we were at our, our church in, in Minnesota before we came here, we were taking the offering one day, and I would have my deacons would count the money. They would go into a side room right off of the, off of the foyer thing, a little side room office, and they would count the money. And what they would do is one of them would count it, and then the other one would count it, and they would double-check their math. 
And more often than not, you'd have one get to one amount and one get to the other amount. It'd be the same, great, they'd sign it, turn it in, go to the bank, right? Well, on this one Sunday, they were counting the, the numbers up. They were counting the numbers. And, and this number wouldn't match the other number. The second number was more. And so they'd count, and they'd go, okay, it came to, you know, $8,761. And the other guy would count, and we'd go, it's $8,774. And we're like, that's odd. You know, maybe a dollar off or 50 cents or something, but normally these are pretty good. And they would count, and then they go, okay, so now we're up to 8,742 or whatever. So they go, okay, let's count it again. So they go back and they count, the other guy would count it, and he would go, 8,794. And then the second guy would go, what? Did you? And then this guy would count it, and it would be 8,865 or whatever. And the number kept going up. And pretty soon we're like, okay. Yeah, this feels like, like we should keep counting. So they kept going back and forth. And don't you know, the number kept rising every single time. And it wasn't like 20 bucks. You know how you could, oh, that was a 10, not a 20. No, it was like $8 one time, $14 the next time, $7. You know, it just kept going up. And pretty soon, can you imagine, all the deacons and their wives pretty soon were in there going, count it again. <laughs> you know, we're just, we're screaming, like, this is so great. And what were we doing? We were coming into agreement with God's generosity. I cannot explain it. These were completely competent people. You know what I'm saying? They weren't just like math morons or something. You know what I'm saying? These were completely competent people that knew how to count. They've been doing it for years. But, but when we came into agreement with what God was doing and his generous heart for us, it got so exciting. And we're like, you know, seriously, we must have shouted, count it again, like, you know, just a bunch of times. And it was so, and it literally, it literally just kept climbing up, 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 until a deacon's wife came on the scene. And this woman, who's a little bit negative, she walked in the room and she goes, oh, you just miscounted it. And you know what? A couple people went, yeah, maybe they just miscounted it. And a couple of people came into the negative agreement. And don't you know, that last number was the highest it ever got. Everybody say, boo. <laughs> I'd still be standing here counting money if it had been for that lady. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But as long as we were in agreement with God's heart and his generosity and his kindness towards us, the thing kept going up and up and up. But the minute the negative agreement came in, boom, it was done. So I want to just encourage you, I don't care what your situation is, you will find, if you look, something to be thankful for, to forget not his benefits, amen? To thank him. And it goes on here in the, in the scripture, it says, for, well, it says, bless the Lord and forget none of his benefits. And then it goes on, who pardons all your iniquities, it's a big word for sin, who pardons all your, your sins. And then what? Who heals all your diseases who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion, who satisfies your years with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. You know, as I'm reading that psalm, and there's a lot more to it, but as I'm reading it, I, um, I kind of get the feeling that the psalmist is getting pumped up. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like he starts off, forget none of his benefits. And then he starts to list the benefits. He's like, yeah, my iniquities. Yeah, my healing. Yeah, my thing. And my youth is renewed. It's almost as if this starts swelling up inside of him. Like, like as I thank him more, I get more excited. I get more jazzed up and I remember more things. And I would encourage you just to read the rest of that chapter, Psalms 103. So that my youth is renewed like the eagle. Any older people want to say amen with me on that one? Does that mean I get my hair back? Maybe I'll just pray into that. I'll see if that'll be a good miracle. (laughs) Eagles are bald. Oh, that is so mean. (laughs) That is brutal. Oh, okay. I'll do it. As long as I'm renewed, I guess I'll be all right. Oh, amen. So... Uh, moving on, let me just give you a couple other verses this morning, and, and uh, we'll, we'll stay with this for a couple of weeks. But, of course, the, the generosity of God ultimately was displayed, what? Through the giving of his son, right? John 3.16, so familiar to so many people. For God so loved the world that he, what? Gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. See, We are generous like our Father is the principle, right? It's the core value. That He is generous, that means I get to be generous. I don't know if this is for anybody right here, but sometimes the one and only part is the test. And I don't mean giving your son. This isn't an Abraham, Isaac kind of thing. I guess what I'm talking about is sometimes we... Okay, I'll just say this. As we've been in the ministry for many years, we were in a church in Minnesota, a different church in Minnesota earlier in our marriage, right after we got married. And this guy comes up to the pastor and he goes, Pastor, I just feel like I'm supposed to give this car to the church. I'm like, sweet. Until we realized that he went out and bought a brand new car and gave us the car with 180,000 miles on it to the church. And I was like, well, why don't you give the church the brand new car and you drive that one? <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like he wanted pastor to drive this old junky car. Like he was giving it to the pastor, not me. I was an associate at the time. But he was giving it to the lead pastor. And my thought was, you know, let generosity, don't, here, don't give God your leftovers. Give him your important stuff. Now, I'm not saying everybody should give me a car. I'm not saying anything like that. But I am saying sometimes we kind of give God our leftovers instead of giving him as in the Father's sake, his one and only son. How I many you know that, you know, God the Father just had one son. He didn't have, he wasn't like 12 or something, you know. And he gave his best. And I'm sure it was hard for the Father to give his son like that. Amen. So I was just encouraged us. I don't know why I wasn't planning on saying any of this. But I feel like God would challenge us to say, don't just give him some leftovers. Like, you know, when we say tithing, what is that? It's the first 10%, not the last, you know? Sometimes we tend to give God, okay, if I have any money left over, I'll give it to you. And I don't think that works that way. Anyway, just a thought. Here's another one. Ephesians 1.3, it says, and this is the Passion Translation. It says, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm. Now, just stop for a second. <laughs> How awesome is heaven? 
right? Like we have no idea how amazing it is, how much, how much power and love and spirit and Father and Son and Holy Spirit and unity. You know, we get glimpses of it, you know, streets of gold and, you know, mansions and gates of pearls and all that stuff. Like, like those are just glimpses, I think, of what heaven really is. And so in Ephesians, Paul is writing to the church, just like us. He's writing to the church and he says, say it with me, every spiritual blessing, not some, not his leftovers. He actually says, listen, the whole bank is yours. The bank of heaven is open. And he says this, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm has already been lavished upon us as a love gift from our heavenly Father, the Father of our Lord Jesus. <laughs> I, I think that we need to readjust our thinking. I think that we have limited God and what he wants to do in our lives through, and take this the right way, there's two ways of thinking in the world. There's the sons and daughters thinking, and there's orphan thinking. And I believe that orphan thinking has come into the church and has established a stronghold in our lives. See, an orphan would say, there's never enough. I've got to fight for that bread. I've got to fight for that apple. It's like Aladdin, you know, in the, in the cartoon, you know. He's trying to steal this and get some for his little friend, the monkey. And there's just never enough. And I've got to scrap to survive. And I've got to work really hard. Guess what? What did I say at the beginning? When we give our life to Christ... We're not orphans anymore. We actually are sons and daughters of the king. So I, I've never actually been a physical prince. You know, like my father is <laughs> not a king of some domain or something, my earthly father. But I would think if you're a prince, like I used to live in the Middle East and Saudi Arabia and Kuwait and some of these oil-rich kingdoms, there's princes running around with like 10 palaces and all the Ferraris and cars they could drive and airplanes. Like, like, and these are just all these, there's probably like 20 sons, you know, of the prince and the, and the king of Saudi Arabia. How many of you think they're not, they're not lacking for much, right? And I think in our thinking, we've got to stop thinking like Aladdin and scrapping for things and start thinking of this heavenly father, Read this again with me. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm has already been lavished upon us as a love gift from our heavenly Father, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, all because he sees us wrapped in Christ. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you're catching this, but when we're in Christ... We're literally wrapped in God. We're wrapped in his goodness. We're wrapped up in him as this father who's already lavished on us. Do you like the word lavished? <laughs> I can honestly say I don't use the word lavished in my weekly conversations. Like, did you use the word lavish this week, anybody? <laughs> no. But what does the word lavish mean? It basically just means a complete flood. I want you to take a moment. If, if you're having trouble wrapping your brain around this, just put your hand on your head. Ready? Go ahead. I am. So if you want to follow me, go ahead. And say, Lord Jesus, I need your 
thoughts. I want to think like you. My, this way of thinking is, is, is limiting you. I think like an orphan too much. I think like a pauper too much. Help me to think like a son and daughter. Help me to see what you see in me, oh God. Change us, Lord. Amen. <laughs> Going on to 2 Corinthians 8, 9, it says, For you have experienced the extravagant grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The extravagant grace. I would just say, Lord, let us experience that too. To see how much you have loved us. To see how the sacrifice, Father, that you made by giving your Son and bringing us into a place of being one with you and your Son. He's generous. I want to look at one more, uh, one more verse this morning and then we'll be done. In Matthew chapter 14, uh, there's a story that many of you are familiar with. And it's a story of, of Jesus, and he's with his disciples. And uh, it's interesting, if you read the whole chapter, uh, Jesus' good friend and cousin, John the Baptist, so he's related to John the Baptist. John has just been beheaded, and or he's in jail. Or at least, is it jail or beheaded? I'm, and is he? He's in jail, about to be beheaded. He's in a rough place. And Jesus gets the word on John the Baptist. And he wants to go away to a solitary place. He, you know, you ever get bad news and you just kind of want to back away from everybody, right? So Jesus is in that mode. He goes out in a boat. But the people want more of Jesus. Now, how many of you would say he's pretty generous up to this point in Matthew 14? If you read all of Matthew on any of the Gospels, what was he doing? He was healing the sick. He was opening blind eyes. He, cripples were jumping around. At several places, it says these massive crowds would come, and he would heal everybody in the crowd. People were coming with demon-possessed kids. He was casting demons out of them, out of kids, out of adults. I mean, the whole thing. He's just giving, 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 giving as a reflection of his generous father. Amen? So he gets to this point. He's having a rough day, and still the people are wanting more and more and more from him. And Guess what? He says, listen, quit begging me for stuff. Get away. I've had enough of you guys. I need a break. My good friend John's in some trouble. I'm going to go out in a boat by myself. Leave me alone. Did it say that? Nope. You see, the generosity of our Father never stops. It never has lack. If we need something, the Father wants to come and meet your need. And I think part of this thing is if we think God is stingy, if we think there's not enough, then we're going to act, re, re, you know, respond to him in that way. And I just think it's important that we see that even though John, Jesus is hurting in his physical heart, he still has so much to give people. God still has so much he wants to do. And so it says in verse 13, he withdrew from there in a boat to a secluded place by himself. And when the people heard of this, they followed him out on foot from the cities. When he went ashore, he saw a large crowd and felt compassion for them and healed their sick. 
Anybody say amen? <laughs> when it was evening, verse 15, the disciples came to him. Let's get this caught up here. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This place is desolate, and the hour is already late. So send the crowds away that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. In other words, this thing had kind of got rolling. Jesus is healing. He's teaching, and he's doing all these awesome things. And all of a sudden, people realize, oh, I haven't had supper, and the sun's going down, <laughs> right? It's too late. Interesting, though, the disciples think there's lack, but Jesus doesn't see lack. He actually sees opportunity for more lavished stuff from heaven to come on the people. Amen? So Jesus says to them, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. And they said to him, we, only, we have here only five loaves and two fish. You know, this is where I think we need to stop thinking, I only have this. You know? Like, actually, I have a lot. I have five loaves and two fish. That's, as we're going to see, that's more than enough for Jesus to do something in my life. What was it? I, I don't know if Kathy or whoever was saying something about, oh, Ollie, with the $1 on the stage. You know, $1 turned into 8000 just because people said, hey, it's, I don't have lack. I have abundance, so I'm going to give. I'm going to do something with it, amen? And so he says, bring them here to me, the five loaves and two fish. Ordering the people to sit down on the grass, he took the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up toward heaven, he blessed the food, and breaking the loaves, he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds. <laughs> and they all ate and were satisfied. Can we just say that together? They all ate and were satisfied. I'm sure, and again, we don't have time for all of this, but the disciples, you know, could you imagine the look on their face going, five loaves of bread and two fish, and we've got a multitude of people. Later on, we're going to find out that it's actually 5,000 men plus women and children, so you're looking at probably 10,000 people. And, the, you know, sometimes the situations of our life look overwhelming with the, with the resources that we have. You know, as a church, many of you know we're struggling financially. And I'm, Willie I'm, and the deacons and I, we look at the bank account and we go, five loaves and two fish, man. <laughs> I don't know. This isn't enough to take care of the whole thing, you know. But I think that God wants us to see and to trust him with whatever we have. Isn't it interesting? The boy, in the other version, another version, it talks about the boy having the, the fish and the, and, the, and the loaves. And the boy just said, um, I'm going to keep one fish and two loaves to myself, and you guys can have the rest. You know? He didn't say that. The boy said, well, here's my lunch. Take the whole thing. You know? There was a generosity in the boy that facilitated the miracle of generosity that Jesus did, right? And I want to just encourage us today, like, I don't know what God is asking of us in terms of generosity. Like, it might be finances for the church. Maybe it's going to be when you go out to lunch and you think you only have enough money for one meal, but you're going to pay for two. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Maybe you're in line at, at Walmart this week and the lady behind you looks like she's fumbling for cash and you say, hey, you know what? I got this. Let me, let me pay for this for you. And you're looking at your own bank account going, no, oh, I don't think. Have you ever stuck your card in the machine and you go, Jesus, 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 Jesus. <laughs> like, like you're praying that the thing actually goes through, right? 
See, I believe that God wants to show us that even when we think we have lack, we actually have the lavishness of heaven at our disposal. So they ate and were satisfied. And it says, they picked up what was left over of the broken pieces, 12 full baskets. And there were about 5,000 men who ate besides women and children. You know, it's so interesting, isn't it? At the very point that we think there's lack, our generous Father tells us otherwise. And I don't, again, don't you wish you were in some of these stories in the, old, in the, te- in the New Testament and Old Testament? <laughs> How much fun would it have been to be the guy walking around picking up the 12 baskets full of bread left over when you had been there at the beginning and you knew there was only five loaves and two fish and all of a sudden you come back with 12 baskets? How many of you think the words hallelujah might escape your lips on that day, right? Hallelujah. So I want you to stand with me as we close today. Hallelujah. You know, it's so important that we, that we actually engage in what God is trying to tell us. It's really easy to come to church and listen to a preacher or a speaker and give mental assent to what they're saying. You know? Oh, that's good. Good preaching. Thanks. Way to go, preacher. Thanks for bringing that or whatever, you know. It's really easy to just go, that's great. But I think that God wants more than our mental ascent. He actually wants to transform us on the inside. He actually wants to get it into our heart, the forget none of his benefits stuff, you know. He wants it to get into our hearts where we say, Lord, I am so thankful for all that you've done. I am so grateful for my salvation. I'm thankful for my healing, even the healing that I, that I may not possess this second, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to receive. I'm going to get it. Lord, I thank you for all the power and the love that you bring. And here's what I would like us to do as we close. Just put your hand on your heart. And let's just start with that. I want you just into yourself, just begin to thank God for whatever it is you can think of. It might be something you think is small, but God doesn't. He's given us life. He's given us breath. So, Lord, we just thank you today for all of your goodness. We don't want to forget any of your benefits, God. We thank you for cars that work and healthy families. We thank you, God, for the the spouses and children. We thank you for friends, God. We thank you, Lord, for, for the resources that you put in our hands, God. And sometimes it feels like five loaves and two fishes, like it's not a lot to handle the whole thing. But, Father, we thank you that you have given us it. Lord, that we thank you, God, that there is, there is no lack with you. Lord, I ask this day that you would allow us to begin to see ourselves not as paupers or, or those orphans, God, but as sons and daughters. We don't have to beg. We just have to thank you for who you are. And walk in our sonship and our daughtership. <laughs> I just had a picture earlier in the message of, of like a bank vault full of money. I want you just to picture it like gold coins overflowing and money. And, and uh, just on the shelf, I, I see body parts, you know, like new hips and new shoulders and new ankles. <laughs> and... Uh, 
And I, I see the, the provision. I see the abundance. I see the wealth. And, and, I, and I see the door of this bank fold. It's huge. And it has just row upon row and, and money upon money and everything that we need. And the door is a double door. And both of them are wide open. They're pushed back as far as they can be. Not closed in any way. As far open as they possibly can be. And I want you just to begin to think and speak into it right now. If you're in a place of lack or a place of struggle, I want you just to say, Lord, I'm a son, I'm a daughter. And God, help us to see that you are not stingy, but that you are a God and a Father who gave it all for our salvation. You've given it all to, to take care of your family. And Father, we just walk into that we walk into that place of abundance. Hallelujah. For some listening in the sound of my voice, I believe that God would say to you today that, that that abundance and that lavishness is for you and your relationships. Hallelujah. I see uh, men and women and husbands and wives in relationship, and God wants to bring healing and restoration to those things. Not just enough, but lavished on you. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> For those of you that are struggling financially and having some issues with money, I want you just to step into the bank vault and the gold coins. And Here's the picture I saw. Have you ever seen people do uh, snow angels, you know, on the ground with snow? <laughs> I just saw that with, like, gold coins. Like, you're just playing in the bank vault, and there's so much. You're actually just laying there, and, and you're playing, playing around, and it's, it's this total joy celebration thing. So, Father, I just speak abundance over this church, over every fish and loaf that we bring, God, that it would be more than enough with 12 baskets full and abundance beyond, God. Lord, for every situation of relationships or bodies, body parts that need healing, God, we just say yes to you, the great physician, to come and bring restoration and healing. Hallelujah. And we do it all with thanksgiving, God. In Jesus' name. All God's people said, amen. Amen. Uh, we have some prayer people that are going to be with us this morning. Uh, uh, I think Chris and Ollie are going to be praying with people here at the front. And uh, if you need to, if you want prayer specifically for something, why don't you come on forward and we're going to, we'll lay hands on you and just bless you. And uh, if not, God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday for Emmanuel prayer class and uh, have a great week.